Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host, and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build the business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Well, we are very quickly coming to the close of 2020. I will only have, I think, maybe one more episode after this one that I'll air before the end of the year. And, you know, it's been such a crazy year. I know a lot of people are ready to just write it off, close the door on it and move forward. There have been so many things that have happened in my life this year that I'm not sure I'm ready to close the door on 2020. Honestly, I think that you know, I don't have closure on some things and yet I'm really eager to move forward for new and exciting things in 2021. But there's one thing I've learned for sure this year is that I can't be too hasty with moving forward or not embracing experiences that have happened And I've always had this tendency to kind of, I don't know, block out the bad things, not face them, just kind of roll over them and try to be strong. And then all of a sudden, months later, they hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm miserable. And that's kind of what has happened to me in 2020 after losing my grandmother and my mother-in-law and my dog. It was a struggle for a while and I didn't take time to give myself compassion. I didn't give myself the grace to just sit with those situations, those circumstances and embrace the emotions that I needed to feel. And so I've carried them with me since May and they've been really heavy. And this month, I finally realized what was happening. And today's interview is with Krista Resnick, and it could not be better timing because I have a feeling that there are a lot of you out there that have done similar things with your emotions this year and maybe for years and years, but it's time that we all give ourselves the grace of self-compassion. And I think the holiday season is a really good time to do that. When you think about what the holidays are about, you come together as families, which we may or may not be able to do this year, depending on you know where we live and whether our family lives close or doesn't live close and are in the same circles related to COVID exposure. But It's still a time where we focus our energy and our efforts on other people, which is so, so, so important. But when you think about what the root of the Christmas season is about, it's about the birth of Jesus and God's compassion for us and how he created us in his image and to be like him, 
to love one another above all. But he also wants us to care for ourselves and through our relationship with him, find compassion on ourselves because that's the compassion that he has given to us. He's given us such incredible grace and we need to embrace that and cherish that in our everyday lives. So as you move through this holiday season, I want to give you some food for thought. In the episode, you're going to hear Krista talk about so many different things related to self-compassion. But the one thing she mentioned at the very beginning of the episode is how she felt like She was a sheet being tossed around to and fro in the dryer. And I know that for many of us, that's exactly how our lives have felt in 2020. We haven't been able to focus. We've been all over the place in terms of our goals and our dreams and our aspirations because so many things have had to be stifled because of COVID. So the holiday season is here and the best gift that you can give yourself is the gift of self-compassion to let yourself just be, to accept yourself where you are, as you are, and to love others and let others love you too. So with that, I am going to give you the recorded episode and let you sit back and enjoy it and learn from Krista as she is such an expert in this field. And I really want you to take it to heart. So Merry Christmas to all of you. If you happen to not celebrate Christmas, but celebrate Hanukkah or another holiday, happy holiday to you. I'm sending you all a great deal of love and know that I cherish each and every one of you and appreciate you. And I am so thrilled to have had you on this journey with me this year. The podcast has grown immensely and it's a labor of love, passion, and joy for me. So thank you for being along the ride with me. Krista Resnick, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today, Robin. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I'm thrilled to share you with my listeners. So we have a lot of things in common from our personal lives as well as our business lives. We both have photography that kind of led us on the journeys that we're on today as far as becoming coaches. So that's an interesting connection. And we both have sons who are in their early 20s, late teens. And anyway, there's so many similarities, but you're just a doll and I'm so thrilled you're here. And I would love for you to tell the listeners just a little bit about you and what your journey has been to get to your second phase and what you do now and all of that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I was a photographer at one point, but before that, I chose to stay at home with my boys. We live in a very small community and there just was not, in my opinion, suitable means for childcare. And my husband and I made the choice together that I would raise them at home for the first several years of their life. And when that youngest, who is now 16, went to school. I found myself one day, he was in first grade at this time. So what is that, Robin? Like six, maybe something like that. Yeah. Six. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I found myself standing in front of the dryer and I was moving sheets, let's say from the wash to the dryer. And I had this moment where I shut the door on the dryer and I watched those sheets sort of tossle around and get bounced to and fro. And I thought to myself, that feels like my life. 
I feel like I don't have direction. I don't feel like I have purpose. I don't feel like I have clarity. I feel like I am just (laughs) a sheet bouncing around, being tousled to and fro in the dryer. And it was that moment that gave me clarity around not necessarily what I was going to do and how I was going to figure it out, but it gave me enough clarity to reach for something, to start moving in the right direction, to try to uncover what it is I really wanted to do. So that moment is really what led me to photography. Did that for several years and had a great successful business. And oddly enough, our conversation today is really stems from my work in photography. And that was watching these young women and their mothers. I specialized in high school senior portraits. However, I did do weddings and I did do families as well. And I will tell you, it was very consistent throughout photographing brides, photographing moms, families, senior girls, how hard we are and how critical we are on ourselves, how quick we are to give compassion to other people and yet not ourselves. And so I would stand there with that camera and I would see beauty and grace and love and light and brilliance and worthiness and enoughness. And all they saw were all of their warts Mm -hmm. and all of the things that were wrong with them. And I loved photography. I loved connecting with every one of my clients, but there came a point where I just knew that I needed to be doing deeper work and helping people really heal from some of their insecurities and their traumas and their patterns so that they could step into something that felt lighter and more free, like self-compassion. And that led me to getting certified as a life coach. <laughs> so I know it's a weird tangled you know, web of I don't know what, but looking back, it all makes sense how all of the dots connected and all of the T's got crossed and all of the I's got dotted. Isn't it amazing though, how things just happen for a reason? Always. There's, you know, you're on a journey and every single experience you have is going to lead you to something new and something better and something more meaningful. Yes. Yes. And it's really mandatory that we stop asking the question of why is this happening to me? And we start asking the question how is this happening for me? Because that moves us from being a victim to being a seeker and really starting to look at our lives from more of a spiritual perspective and understanding that we're on this gorgeous spiritual journey to heal and to grow and to be our most authentic, wonderful selves. So it's a game changer when you can actually step into that and really start pivoting from how is this happening? Why is this happening to me? To how is this happening for me? It's a subtle shift, but massive. Yeah. I was just going to say it's, you know, just a couple of little prepositions there, but they're so incredibly powerful when you transfer that energy into one versus the other. Yeah. Why versus how? Yeah. And for me versus against me. Yeah. Such a mindset. Energetically, they're light years apart. Absolutely. And such a mindset shift. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight to be able to do that. This takes years of practice sometimes, but at a minimum, it takes 
everyday activity, <laughs> you know, yes. exercising those muscles so that that energy can transform and be used for good in our mind versus weighing us down and keeping us stuck in a place of, you know, anxiety or dislike or, you know, a lack of self-love. So I would love to know, because we're talking all about compassion and we have had one heck of a year and you know, it's funny because everybody talks about, Oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. 2020 has been awful. And you know what? We have had some bumps in the road, but when you look at it as a whole, there have been so many blessings in this year too, but we forget about that. And we often overlook the blessings because they're small, but if we have someone to love us and if we have someone to love I feel like we are still in a place of blessings. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about compassion, we often look at these times in our lives, you know, a year like 2020 or the loss of a loved one or the stress and anxiety of all the holiday hustle and bustle and all of these things. And we tend to take, I think, a look inside and be like, you really messed that up or we could have done this better. You should have done this or you should have done that. How can we change those thoughts effectively so that we are showing compassion on ourselves and giving ourselves that grace to not only move forward, but move forward in a way that we're letting ourselves be? Yeah, that's a great question. And I actually even want to back up the bus further and talk briefly about what self-compassion really means. And you hit the nail on the head when you said grace. Because self-compassion really means to be warm, to be kind, and to give yourself grace. And I'm talking grace, Robin, when things didn't go the way you intended. I'm not talking when things are on cloud nine. I'm talking when you're in pain. I'm talking when things are not feeling so great. Can you still give yourself the warmth and the kindness and the grace that you need. That's true self-compassion. Just like you would talk to a friend. You know, if a friend came to you and said, my heart is broken. I just launched this new program and I have been working tirelessly on it. I was so proud of it and nobody signed up. Well, you wouldn't say, yeah, you know, you should have worked harder. You should (laughs) have, you just wouldn't say that you would meet them with compassion. And yet we do not boomerang that back to ourselves. Isn't that interesting, right? It is interesting. You know, it's funny that you say that too and bring in a friend and how you would treat someone else because I've often said that to my kids. I'm like, you don't speak to anybody in our house any differently than you would speak to a teacher at school or a friend at school. You know, I'll rephrase that for them. Would you say that to Morgan? Mm -hmm. Would you say that to Nick? Yeah. Or would you say it in that tone to them? Yeah. No. Then don't say it to anyone in our house or to yourself. Yes. That way. It's a great rule. It's a great rule. And I think it's also really, really, you know, before we even step into shift, there's some things I think we really need to unpack so that the listeners understand. And that is this idea that when you're not stepping into self-compassion, You're judging yourself. You're giving yourself a big dose of self-judgment. And what I want the listeners to know is that self-judgment is a form 
of protection. That's what it is. It's a way that you actually protect yourself from being hurt. You think that you're protecting yourself from being judged because you're judging yourself. Mm-hmm. It's literally keeping you disconnected from others. And if we're being cruel to ourselves, we block ourselves. So we're using judgment, comparison, nasty inner talk, self-flagellation as a way to protect. But in all honesty, all it does is it's like you're picking up yourself and you're putting yourself in your own way. (laughs) You're completely blocking yourself from up-leveling, from expansion, from growing and stepping into the highest version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's so, and if we do this to ourselves, we can't build relationships either. Mm-hmm. If we can't build relationships. We're definitely not going to be moving forward. Yeah. Well, and really, the most important relationship that you can have is your relationship with yourself. And I would invite your listeners to really think about that. How's your relationship with you? Because everything flows out of you. So if you're not good with you, (laughs) you know, let's start there. Because there's a reason why things aren't happening or things are happening in your external world. And so let's flip the mirror and start looking at your relationship with, with yourself and how you're treating yourself. And I actually talk about, you know, it's like self-love is your power cord. It's your power cord to all good things. When you can really understand and come from this place where you know your worth and you know that you were made for something really special and important and that you are enough, that's the power cord that you want to be plugging into. I love that analogy, the power cord. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yes. It's just insane to actually be against yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like you're putting this huge barricade between you and you. (laughs) And, you know, we, we can play with this and laugh about it. And yet we do it all the time, right? But we're not taught this. Mm -hmm. We're taught how to ride a bike. We're taught how to tie our shoes, read write, do arithmetic. We're not taught how to love ourselves. We just don't know. No one's ever taught us. And that is the other thing that I think would be really helpful for the listeners to know is that many people were actually taught how to be against themselves. We grew up with parents that weren't necessarily for themselves, maybe an overly critical mother to herself or even to you. You know, if you grew up in a home where there was a lot of criticism and judgment and squashing of ideas and openness, you're going to be more apt to be very self-judgmental. Could have been a grandparent, could have been a teacher, could have been a basketball coach. And so what happens is this becomes very familiar to you. You think that that's just normal. And your system actually thinks that this is normal to beat the snot out of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is we really want to take this way of 
familiarity of self-judgment, and we want to make that unfamiliar, and we want to make self-compassion familiar. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love it. It's almost like breaking down, well, like you said, a barrier. As you were talking, I was thinking of like this big block in my chest, like blocking everything from going from my mind to my heart. It's like, it just can't communicate for me the way that it's supposed to. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. The mind and the heart can't connect. Yeah. Like as you were talking about that barrier between self, I'm thinking that's so true. It's almost like your mind and your heart can't communicate. There's this big barrier between the two. So, you know, you hear all these things and then your heart knows one thing and your head is saying something else, and but you can't connect them because of this barrier in between from all these obstacles that, or words or phrases that other people have thrown at you your whole entire life. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh gosh. Yes. You said so many things that are resonating and two things that I want to mention. The first is you probably are, you know, fully aware of this, but I know a lot of people with a ton of awareness right? You said the mind, the mind and the heart. And awareness is great. Awareness is where we start with all of this because you can't change what you're not aware of, what you're not noticing. So awareness is a beautiful thing. But then what you said with the heart is there's that embodiment piece. And that's where most people get stuck. They're not really embodying. So you can read a book about self-love. You can listen to podcasts about self-love and self-compassion. You can go to a workshop. But unless you're actually implementing some of these things and embodying them, getting them into your body, absorbing them, then it was just a podcast. It was just a great book. It was just a fun, inspirational workshop. So I'm really, really passionate about helping people move from all of these ideas and all of this information into embodiment because information does not automatically equate transformation. There's got to be that middle pillar called embodiment or implementation or both or action. Yes. Or action. Yes. And I think um, we can also tie in there intentional, right? You can't take in this information. You can't just read it. You can't just hear it. You can't just see it. You have to actually be intentional with the information that you're gathering or that's coming into you and take action on it. Yeah. Yes. And that's where when you mentioned a little while ago about patience, I actually think that patience is a very underutilized, undervalued tool in the self-help and personal development world. And we as coaches need to be talking about the value of patience a whole lot more because it's not just a one and done. No, no. I am terrible when it comes to patience. I have no patience. It just makes me think, because I've been doing so much mindset work myself over the past several weeks. And it's funny how when you take that intentional action, you can really transform yourself and transform your thoughts. But it's funny when you think about, you know, not having patience, but then letting things like procrastination, because you're afraid of an outcome, hold you back. So we're patient, we want all this, but yet we still let fear lead us to procrastination that completely blocks us or holds us back because we've let, let the compassion side go And we've just let all of these other negative things come in. The mind is fascinating. Oh, the mind is a beautiful tool. 
but we have to learn how to be masters of it rather than be servants to it. So now we've kind of broken down what self-compassion is. We've talked about, you know, the different ways we can see it come in and out of our lives, basically. How do we approach this in a way that is, I guess, tactical? You know, maybe are there action steps that the listeners can actually take to move one step forward at a time to embrace self-compassion? Yes, 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 yes. I love this question. So the first thing that I would love for your listeners to ask themselves is, what is it specifically that stops you from practicing self-compassion? What is it specifically that stops you from practicing self-compassion? We have got to get clarity around that in order to shift it. Clarity, so important. Oh, it's massively important. I am a bit obsessed, true confession here, with the quote. It's not by me. I wish it was, but I got to give Brene Brown credit where credit is due, (laughs) right? I mean, clear is kind. Yeah. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. Now, I think Brene uses that in terms of communicating with colleagues and corporate type leadership positions. But I have taken that quote personally and really infused that into my work with my clients in terms of not being clear with what you want in your life. I have a client that I'm working with right now, and she is struggling to just get clarity around what it is she even wants in Mm -hmm. her life. And she's suffering. Mm -hmm. because she can't get clarity around what she really wants. And the reason why she's doing that is because she knows subconsciously that once she gets clear, now it's time to take action. Mm -hmm. So it's a way that she's protecting herself, which is totally cool. There's no judgment around that. But now we get to heal that and we get to lift that, the patient's part, slowly chip away at it so that she can get clear. So clarity is a massive gift to yourself, no matter what we're talking about. You know, today we happen to be talking about self-compassion, but give yourself the gift of really sitting back and coming up with the answers of what specifically stops you from practicing self-compassion. And on that note, most people are going to probably start talking about Well, when I'm hard on myself or when I push myself, that's when I motivate myself. (laughs) And research has shown the exact opposite. So when you are kind to yourself, that's when you rise. That's when you have epic gains. The truth is that praise, support, and compassion is actually what elevates us. So that's the first question that I would love for your listeners to start with. Now, there's three elements of self-compassion that we'll talk about really briefly here. And then I will leave everyone with some questions to start doing the work. That's the implementation in the body, in the embodiment piece. So again, it's everything starts with self-awareness. Everything. We cannot shift what we're not aware of. So you have to notice when you're being the mean girl. You've got to notice. When are you feeling really tense? When are you feeling really low? When are you spinning out in how you could have, should have done better? So when are you being the mean girl? Start paying attention. Number two is common humanity. 
And basically what I mean by that, Robin, is we have to stop isolating ourselves and think that we're alone and that we're the only human that is suffering through this experience because that's just not truth with a TH. (laughs) It's just not. Every human this side of heaven has pain and suffering. And so when you're in relationship with people, however that looks for you, it's a beautiful reminder that we are all here having this gorgeous experience called life. Mm -hmm. And we're all in this together. And we're here to support one another. Number three is choose kindness over judgment. Grace over self-berating. Understanding, I am enough. I deserve unconditional love. If I'm not nice to me, how's anybody else going to be nice to me? (laughs) Right? If I'm not nice to me, how am I going to rise? If I'm not nice to myself, how am I ever going to step up and and make the impact in the world that I want to make, that I'm here to make? How am I ever going to be an expression of my purpose and my divine assignment when I'm beating the snot out of myself? And the truth is, Robin, you just can't. Without self-compassion, you just can't. Mm -mm. So what we want to do is we want to start to make self-compassion familiar. Because remember, for most people, self-compassion is just not familiar. I love that. It's like a foreign concept because we've lived our lives so long doing things the hard way or, (laughs) you know, talking to ourselves as though we're not worthy that we don't know how to do this. Exactly. It's like you're learning Japanese. (laughs) And here's the funny thing about that. Again, it goes back to if I signed up for Japanese when we get off this call, I probably would not be fluent even in a year. It's a very challenging language, right? Right. And for whatever reason, I would understand that in that framework. I would just continue to show up, practice a little, keep going, keep going, keep going. But yet when it comes to situations like personal growth, self-help, topics like self-compassion, we're just so hard on ourselves and think that we should have been doing it two years ago, dumping more judgment on ourselves, patience for the win, patience and grace. So some of the questions that I invite the listeners to play with are, again, what stops me from being more compassionate with myself and really take the time to put pen to paper, no typing, This is handwriting because you're accessing the right side of the brain and there is power science shows between the handwriting and the subconscious mind. So it's really important that you write all of this out. That's why journaling is so important, right? It's why journaling is so important. Correct. Correct. What stops me from being warm and understanding with myself? Next question is, what are my go-to self-judgments? So there are two voices in all of our minds, and that is the voice of judgment or the voice of compassion, the voice of wisdom, the voice of your higher self. So which one is it going to be? Are you going to listen to that voice of judgment or are you going to listen to the voice of compassion? 
because that is what's going to take you to the next level, not the voice of judgment. So what are my go-to self-judgments? Get clarity around what does it actually sound like when you're beating the snot out of yourself? And (laughs) two more questions. Take those, well, this isn't really a question so much as it is just kind of for reflection then, is what you want to do is you want to take those self-judgments that you just wrote out in the last question and you want to flip them. You want to write them in the voice of self-compassion. So for every voice of judgment that you wrote down, nasty thing you wrote down, you want to just flip it. I love that exercise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just flip them. Flip them and make them the voice of compassion. And then last and final question where we can actually do some implementation and action and embodiment, not that we're not going to with all the questions, because of course we are, but what is one way, just one way that we can give ourselves grace? One choice, because everything starts with one thing. So choose that one thing and then honor yourself by taking action on that one thing to offer yourself grace. So, you know, as you're saying all this, I'm thinking to myself and, you know, taking that first step of action is the most critical. And then to honor yourself by taking that action to give yourself grace is so empowering. At what point do you go from doing that one choice, one piece of action to then going to the second and the third? I know patience is critical, but how do you stage that or space that out from a time perspective? Because this is hard work. This is a lot of inner work. It's going to take time. It's a lot of journaling. It's a lot of sitting in quiet and and really focusing on your inner self. So, you know, once you go to step five and you've given yourself that choice, just one choice to take action on, when do you go to the second choice? Mm, that's a great question. So notice when you take that action, what comes up for you, how that feels in your body. Notice, again, what your mind is offering you as you give yourself grace. Is that mind, that inner mean girl squawking at you as you're trying to give yourself grace? Because for some people, to your point, this is going to be really hard for people that just default to these nasty, nasty voices. It's very familiar to some people. And these are patterns that we have played out for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years So just notice what comes up for you as you choose to honor yourself and start paying attention and start to listen to your body and trust yourself. And you will know when it is time to give yourself another compassion break. So one of the things and what I mean by compassion break is sometimes I just like to put my hand on my heart. And just close my eyes and take a couple of deep breaths when I'm going through something really challenging or difficult. And I like to remind myself that I am going through something challenging or difficult. So I will even say out loud, this is really hard. This is really hard. This hurts. This hurts. And it's a way for me to acknowledge and validate myself. So many people are hungry for uh, acknowledgement and validation 
And yes, we are to do life and community with other people, but we've got to start giving ourselves that acknowledgement and validation first and not be running to the external world for that first thing. I don't know if that answered your question, but so much of this work is about slowing down and going within. Yeah, it did. because, And that's the point. That's why I asked the question, because when we talked about patience earlier and you've talked about so many different things as far as giving ourselves grace, and I think it's really important to note that there has to be a means of identifying when you're ready, yeah. which you gave us. And I think it, it just, we have to recognize that it takes time and not rush through it. Yes. So that was the point that I was trying. You answered it beautifully, very eloquently. I was just, that's the point exactly that I was trying to get across. Good, good. Well, and I think it's important to note that living life at breakneck speed, busy, 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 constantness, that's a trauma response. You are protecting yourself from oh my gosh, if I slow down, what's going to come up? Then I'm going to have to think. <laughs> I might have to feel my feelings. Yep. I might have to feel. Mm-hmm. I might have to feel. And most people are so disconnected from their body and their feelings and their emotions that the mind is the only safe place to be. Their bodies are not safe. So they go up to the mind and that's where we do all of this overthinking and that's where we do all of this procrastination and paralysis by analysis. So when we start to slow down, it's like, oh my gosh, some feelings are coming up. I noticed myself doing it the other day, Robin. I had so much fun with it. It was beautiful. I went to the doctor for my yearly, you know, checkup. And as I'm waiting in the room to be called back to meet my physician, I noticed this father with his precious little child. This little boy was probably between 18 months and two years old. And I just sat there and stared at them because having three children of my own that are 16, 18, and 21, I look back at a little boy and his father like that. And I just think, oh, where's the time gone? Sometimes I do sort of kind of wish I could go back, you know, not really, but that's where your mind goes, right? You just, you miss those days. And so I noticed immediately, I caught myself. It was so outstanding. I got sad. And what did I do when I got sad? I grabbed my phone. Uh, I had a you know beautiful little hard copy book that I took with me. I take a paperback or a hardbound book wherever I go because you know I can always get in a couple paragraphs right, or whatever, right. right? But I noticed I grabbed my phone and I went, oh, isn't that interesting? I wanted to numb myself. And it was a cool experience that I caught it. It's really cool that you caught it. And I've been trying to be so much more cognizant of that too. And I listened to a podcast episode. It's so funny how when you listen to something, you hear something, read something, it comes up, you know, again, very quickly after. Mm -hmm. And the entire episode was about numbing and how when our emotions and those negative thoughts creep in, we do things to numb ourselves, you know, and it could be an array of things. It could be, you know, various addictions or whatever, but the phone is one of those top things that people are numbing themselves with. I love that you said that because if we do find ourselves doing that, we need to stop that so that we can get out of that cycle and then, you know, focus those thoughts on, like you said, just sit with your hand on your heart for a second Yes, and give yourself that grace to feel. Yeah. Feel. Yes. Let yourself feel. Yes. Let yourself be sad. 
There's nothing wrong with being sad. Now, I don't want to spend the rest of my life being sad. That would be miserable. (laughs) But all feelings are valid. And that there's messaging in that sadness. There was something there for me to explore. There was a message for me, something to learn from. Slow down. You've only got, I don't know, what is it? Uh, Seven months left with my 18-year-old? Slow down. Be intentional. Put your phone down. I believe that those were some of the messages for me. I believe that that experience and moment watching that father with his little boy mm-hmm. was for me. It was a message for me. And as we're rolling, you know, into the holidays and whatnot, I mean, we're literally trying to cram 352 things into like a three-week span between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it's goofy. I mean, it's so ludicrous. And so we're missing these moments after moments after moment because we're just numbing and wanting to live at breakneck speed and in autopilot. And it's just, Mm -mm. it's really not serving us. It's not serving us. And I think that's why we're seeing so many people struggling with their health and just And all the mental health issues. I think this episode is so incredibly timely. And I am so thrilled that you were here with me today because it just is perfect timing to end 2020 with this episode and share with the listeners how they can embrace themselves, give themselves that grace and just truly be compassionate. So Thank you for all of this. I just, I really loved the conversation. Krista, where can my listeners find you? How can they connect with you? Show you a little love? Yeah, that would be great to show me some love. I love love. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm on all social media platforms. Well, not all, because you and I were having a conversation about Twitter before we hit record and I'm not on Twitter. So I am on uh, LinkedIn. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So they can find me at all of those places. Krista Resnick Coaching, my website, KristaResnick.com. And I think those are all of the places. I do also have a podcast called The Selfish Badass Podcast. And just to clarify for those that are mortified, I am not coaching and teaching women how to be more selfish. It's kind of a play on words in that I am coaching and helping women really heal from this pattern of not valuing themselves, not seeing themselves and their dreams as worthy and worth prioritizing. So the Selfish Badass movement is all about healthy selfish and understanding and learning that you were made for a purpose and you were made for a divine assignment. And who are you not to put that on the front burner of life? I love your podcast. So of course, (laughs) thank you. All right, Krista, thank you so much. And listeners go follow Krista for more amazing, inspiring information and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all. Yes. Thank you, Robin. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, The Brand Marketing Insider. 
please spread the word about the Second Phase Podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.